There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast brought to you by Crossover Media. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Doing really well. Happy uh, Hollow Bash. Yeah. Um, it's been a cool week. I'm excited to be here today. Today is a great day for Apex, a great day for podcasting, as always. Uh, before we dive into the episode, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to us on YouTube, Third Party Pod. We stream weekly, 4 to 6 p.m. PST on Thursdays. It's always a good time to get any questions you may have answered there. We got a good episode, though. Today, we're going to be covering some news, going into a deep dive on Winter Express. Nice little welcome to the club segment and some listener questions. Before we do any of that awesome stuff, though, let's read off some awesome five-star reviews. First review is coming from Isaac, a.k.a. Fat Dog. Been playing Apex since the week it came out. I've listened to every Apex Legends podcast over the last year and a half. Enter the Apex while it was going. Jump Master while it was going. Outplayed when it was going. And another one I can't remember. And I still listen to Dropping Spicy and This Pod, The Third Party. This interview with Daniel Klein was the most entertaining, most enlightening, most interesting episode on Apex Legends I've ever heard. I absolutely loved it. I've listened to it twice now. Much appreciated. It was it was our favorite episode, I think. It was, it was, it was mine. Like, we agree. It was really as interesting to record as it was to listen to for us. It was really, really fun. and. The best discussion we've ever had about Apex. Definitely. I mean, we've been having so many conversations about everything we talked about with Daniel, just Henry and I, and to finally get some of those thoughts either confirmed or, you know, figured out. It was really, really awesome. We learned a lot and there's more to come. Like we're hoping to do Mm -hmm. more interviews, have Daniel back on, have other devs on. And that was really cool. Definitely. Next review coming from LA Wait. Shut up and take my five stars. Like Apex Legends? Listen to this podcast. Like conversation-centric podcasts? Listen to this podcast. Want something that melds the two? There's no better for Apex Legends discussions. Of the 10 or so weekly podcasts I listen to, this is my favorite, and not just because it's Apex-related, but because the hosts have a knack for knowledge, thoughtful, and entertaining discussion. It's that simple. These guys are wonderful to listen to. Listen to this podcast. Love. Thanks so much, Wait, That's really nice. Next review is coming from Blurries. Best podcast, 100% for any Battle Royale. You guys know I've always been a day one supporter. You guys are amazing, bringing so much knowledge to the community. From the beginning, I've told you too that you, in fact, are a huge staple in this community. The podcast is always getting better and better. Much love, fam. Keep bringing us the knowledge and love for the game that you do. Much appreciated, Blurries. You've been with us now for a while. Uh, it means a lot to hear from you. Uh, yeah, um, this just was a really nice review. And Blurries, you know, has been with us for a while, an OG Patreon supporter. Um, we're actually embarking on a pretty new and exciting project that we think will take this podcast to the next level. And in doing that, we are pitching our show. And with podcasting, the numbers don't always uh, represent how amazing this community is. The numbers are okay and all good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these kind of testimonials are really awesome in order for us to show others how awesome this community is. And so if you have a testimonial you'd like to share with us, but you don't use Apple Podcasts for a review, 
feel free to send it to us either on Instagram or Twitter, and it would really help us out a lot. Definitely. Last year reviews, I was Tori. So much fun. These guys cover it all. And with class, this is a must listen for lore and what's new with Apex. The Discord community is a great resource as well. Heck yes. Love the Discord. I was just talking to someone from the Discord saying it's where they find their teammates and that's what it's all about. Uh, and big shout out to our mods, Ryan Haven. You know, they really make things run. Henry and I are super new to the Discord scene and such. And so having those two guys helping take it to the next level has been awesome in the development of the community. But if you want to talk Apex, find teammates, talk your legend concepts or anything, that's all in the bio and you should definitely check it out. It's definitely a, a must join. Really great group and great access to run things by us and a really cool thing. One last review from coming from 1039. Thank you so much. Since I started playing Apex, I was straight trash, but after listening to you guys, I went from bronze to predator. I just want to say you guys helped me so much. Keep doing what you do. Much appreciated. We're going to have to get a message from this person because Definitely. I'm not convinced. Yeah, we'll Bronze see. Bronze Predator. That's I think they might be pulling our leg. So reach out. I need to confirm this. I love it. Yeah, the five-star reviews are great. You know, if you ever want anything read, make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple. Send it to us on Instagram or Discord. We'll try to fit it on here. It means a lot hearing all these things from you guys and having this great community. Uh, before we dive into the news, though, let's uh, give a little plug to our most recent big Patreon episode. Yeah, we just recorded and released our bi-weekly bonus episode for our patrons. And this time we continued our tradition of doing a positioning and rotation guide for specific maps. And this time we did Olympus, of course. If you're interested in learning the best places to drop on Olympus and how they how to play this map... Just so you know, it's a lot different mm-hmm. than World's Edge and King's Canyon. This guide is way different from our other ones. Uh, just feel free to check it out. Patreon link's in the description, and this is a good one. Definitely. Let's now dive into the news. First, we just want to say that last episode with our new breaking interview with Daniel Klein, we were able to be featured on some awesome gaming news articles from Dexter to Double Tap and others, as well as some Apex YouTubers like uh, Water. And so we're just appreciative, wanted to say that, that we got some, uh, you know, increase in listenership because of it. Hopefully you guys stick around with us and we'd love to have you. Uh, But yeah, just wanted to, that's our little personal news, I guess, to start off the news segment. Yeah, feeling like we're, you know, Feeling good in the community. Definitely. A part of a, a larger group. Next piece of news from our own interview, breaking the news. The top five legends in pick rate were revealed and we didn't have a ton of time to talk about it during the actual interview. So Henry and I just kind of wanted to dive into it real quick here and I'll just rattle these off and then maybe get your thoughts on it. Uh, but we have Wraith at number one, Bloodhound at two, Horizon at three, Octane at four, and the Lifeline at five. Mind blown. This is absolutely insane. No one knew this before we broke this news. I did not predict this. I would never have put these five all together at the top. Um, You know, Wraith was pretty much guaranteed. As of the beginning of uh, season seven, Daniel said in a dev stream that Pathfinder was right there under Wraith. Mm -hmm. And that is not true. Very impressed to see Bloodhound up there at the number two spot. Mm-hmm. Very shocking to me. We've been, you know, praising Bloodhound loving, for a while him. now. Um, but yeah, this is really fascinating. Crazy, you know, that Octane is such a popular legend, mm-hmm. and even more so, I think, Lifeline as a support legend who doesn't really have a lot of 
individual utility aside from her hitbox and you know the extra little loot. Um, very interested by this top five uh, pick rate and really excited to see how this changes. And definitely, it is very very cool. Crazy to see the impact that the hitbox change potentially had on Pathfinder's pick rate. And if that is the next step we're taking with Wraith, uh, from what our understanding is based off the talk with Daniel. It'll be interesting to see if that actually does anything because, you know, Pathy being up there and no longer being top five is pretty dang intense and crazy of a switch. So that was really an interesting big takeaway. Loved it, though. Uh, Next piece of news, Gibraltar heirloom leaked by Shrug. And so this is kind of the heirloom thing. We've seen Gibraltar holding it in the quest for season seven. And so while there's no official name, it resembles a bit of a serrated axe and has some similarities to the traditional Hawaiian Maori club, uh, which is called a patu. Apologized if I you know, butchered the name, but gave it my best effort, though. Uh, and that's what he uses in his finishers. There's some similarities there. Henry, as the Gibraltar main, are you excited for this heirloom to maybe come, be coming out this season? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I haven't gotten shards yet, even though I'm a level 500. Been playing since day one. At level um, 500, you should get shards. If anyone is listening that can make that happen, it's been my dream since the first episode of the podcast. Keep going, sorry. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I believe that as well. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. You know, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, I'll probably have to get it. Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm interested to see what the inspects are with it. Because, you know, Caustics just came out and there's really, really cool inspects with that one. And we'll see, you know, with an axe, uh, how that is and how it stands apart from bloodhounds Mm -hmm. it's crazy the inspects are going up and up and up Mm -hmm. on intensity with each one of these heirlooms and i just i'm so excited to see what the next one is definitely mirage's trophy to then the the death hammer and this axe i am excited to see how they keep it up definitely we're gonna get into the main topic now and we're gonna be giving you guys a deep dive on winter express before we actually dive into what the mode is i think it's important to say it's the best Apex Legends LTM we've ever had. Uh, well, coming back. Yeah. Apex mode we've ever had come back around. It's our favorite. It really got us uh, addicted to the game at another level than anything else had prior last Christmas. And so we've been looking forward to this one coming back around for a long time now. And I'll just say after one day of absolutely grinding it lives up to the hype. I put it in my head. What else do you have to say about this awesome mode? Yeah, we have a very emotional connection to this mode because, you know, this mode really brought us back from having a Call of Duty Mm -hmm. uh, hiatus from Apex, and we just fell in love with the, you know, got back into Apex, and then a few months later, we started the podcast. So rest is history. It's a very Mm -hmm. important mode to us. But also, you know, over the last eight months, 12 months, so many streamers and pros and players alike have been asking for some sort of respawn game mode mm-hmm. to practice more gunplay, have more action. And this is that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited to just see how people that haven't played this mode um, can get to play it. And even, you know, some of the top pro players, I wonder if this is a, a mode that they want to play to practice, yeah. just get more reps mm-hmm. in, not just in the firing range. So we think it's pretty cool. Definitely. Essentially, what we're going to do this episode is we're going to give you guys a bit of an overview on the mode, kind of talk about the features that come out throughout, the locations, the train stops, uh, and then 
One of the cool things we're going to do is we're going to dive into these loadouts, which we'll talk about here in a second, and give you, I guess, our opinions on those. Why don't you start us off, though, with giving us just a little bit of an overview of Winter Express and what it is. Of course. Winter Express is the limited time mode for the Holiday Bash event, and it takes place on the northeast region of the Season 3 World's Edge map, all decorated for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So snow, decorations, la la la. Better have your holiday bash music going. That's yeah. all I got to say. If you want the full experience. You absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And then the actual game play is 3v3v3. And it's kind of a hard point style game mode, which revolves around a three car train, which travels between five counterclockwise stations, making up individual rounds. Mm-hmm. Mirage is also the announcer of this entire event. So great. Might be the best part about this entire mode is that we get Mirage jokes and they're so corny and they're so punny and they make me laugh every time, even after hearing them like for the 13th time. This is great. I love Mirage, so I'm biased. It's a real high point and it definitely is an upgrade from having Revenant, uh, you know, (laughs) Shadowfall. So Mirage is great. I think that's definitely another high point for this mode. Yeah, it is a great mode. And then pretty much the other big thing that comes about in this mode that sets it apart from everything else is the fact that uh, your legends are every day going to be assigned a different loadout of weapons. There's no looting in this game mode. It's very different from the normal BR style. We'll dive into that more in depth in a second here. Uh, but that just had to be said. Let's talk now about some of the features of the train tracks and the locations themselves, starting with the geysers. Uh, the geysers are essentially these shorter uh, redeployed jets that are located only on the train track. Uh, and then there are some random gaps that don't have a lot of them, yeah. but for the most part, they're pretty evenly spaced out. And so whenever you skydive in, you can hit another one if you need to, or if you fall off the train, you can hit one of these to kind of redeploy mid game. Uh, you know, yeah, it's useful for jumping off that train. If you ever need that initial, you know, just short redeploy, reposition. This a lot will happen in this mode. Your teammates might not be alive. You might need to get to an area you otherwise not uh, able to get to. And these really come into play more often than you would think, I think is kind of the best way to put it. Yeah, it, they're important, you know, because the train's always moving. You know, it, it does stop, but it doesn't stop for very long. So you really have to keep up with it. And mm-hmm. this, I think, is a really great mechanic that allows you to do that. The next major thing that we're going to talk about is the stations. Mm -hmm. So there's five of them. We're just going to list them off and then kind of say a little bit of the characteristics and the tips that we have for Mm -hmm. playing them. And the first is Freight Yard. And this is the most west station. Essentially, this is really unchanged Mm -hmm. uh, from the current state of World's Edge and Season 7. But our tips are to land and play um, maybe inside the tunnel mm-hmm. to the north of the station kind of takes you out of the fray um, and allows you to have a nice line of sight on the train to go into third party. Um, we also like to drop on the southeastern cargo container up on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's lots of cover there. That's kind of a hard direction, but hopefully you guys know what we're talking about. Really good cover there. Um, you're right above the train. Um, there's another place that a lot of people drop, and it's a really a tempting building, uh, kind of the largest building by this station to the west. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you can have success there, especially if you have maybe Octane or Pathfinder to close the gap, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of far. If there's a team already on the train, they can get a really fast cap and you're like, this is a bit too far away. Mm -hmm. So it's a cool spot. You do have high ground. If you're using G7s and snipers, can be good, but you're kind of far. Definitely. Next is the central station and that's the southern station. This is the Capital City, because we are no longer in Eastern and Western Fragment. We're in good old Capital City. Uh, And so this one's right in the heart of the city there. Same train station as it's been now for a little bit. Uh, But for some tips, maybe make sure you're playing on that glass roof of the station. It's really good high ground. And then you can drop down onto the train if you need to, if the other teams are capping it. You just kind of have a lot of versatility. And you know how much Henry and I value high ground. And that's kind of key here. If you drop on the other side, uh, depending on where your uh, supply supply ship is located, we drop in what's called the Hell Building now, and then you can take that little zip line into that third party into the station. Uh, It's really a great way to get into that fight at the right time and not have to worry about the oh man, I couldn't push in there fast enough. You have two really good options if you're coming in from the sky on this map. Yeah, this this is a interesting station i think we like it mm-hmm. it's you know in that top favorite station out of all of them um but there's a lot of structure around uh the station and a lot of different options oh, one of the big questions is if you're on the stay if you're on the train do you stay on or do you get off mm-hmm. and this one is sometimes kind of hard because yeah. You're almost forced to stay on mm-hmm. because people have such high ground around you it's kind of scary Next station is Fool's Gulch, and it's the eastern station. Tips for this one is it's really wide open. There's a lot of high ground, a lot of mountains, but if you land on the far rock to the north, really small rock right in front of where the train stops, and you just wait there, um, that can be a really good spot because Mm -hmm. you have good cover, good angles, and then you can just slide right into the front of the train uh, to cap it or third party or kind of catch them by surprise while they fight. Uh, in other places or you can land on the western side above the mouth of the tunnel this is really good high ground and the reason that we kind of think that you should go on the western side as opposed to the eastern side of this kind of mountain high ground is that there's a zip line that will carry you right over where the train stops and mm-hmm. so you're pretty you're far to snipe but you're also close to be able to uh, contest that capture of the train definitely Next, we have Refinery North, another eastern location. Uh, you know, Refinery has been the same for a while now, so we all know. Play the roof of Refinery. Uh, this is one of the best drops in uh, this Winter Express mode. And being able to watch what the other teams are doing to see, are they staying on the train? Are they also going up to the roof? Are they you know, trying to play in some kind of weird little positions that come about in Refinery? You're going to have the ability to see all of that from the roof and just have that dominating high ground like we always talk about uh you know if you don't get that early capture you can just hop onto the train which is something we love to do uh this is a great great spot uh, be on the roof be on height it's a pretty common thing in world's edge i know we're not always used to it now with uh, how much time we've all spent on olympus but you're back on world's edge so high ground is always king again <laughs> yeah it really is and just another thing to mention about this station is because there's such there's so much superstructure around it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if 
uh, there's not a team on the train. They're all caught up on top. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you can drop into that front car and get a pretty fast capture here. Um, definitely, if, uh, if you spawn here and this is the first station, it's probably the best one to start on just because it's pretty hard to contest it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the last one and the new station for this year of Winter Express is Derailment. And this is the Northwestern Station, and it really fills in the gap uh, between the two. And tips for this one are very unique for us. Um, But essentially, if you're deploying, you're going to send it to the farthest geyser to the north that you can from your supply ship, and then you're going to redeploy and get to the derailed train in front of the station. It's got the best cover and it allows you to have a superior advantage for the third party. You're going to be in front of the train. Um, I think that this is probably the best place uh, to go and to really go as a whole team, I think is a really strong location. Yeah, I really like that they added this location. It offers a lot of good uh, playability between the two. There was a really long break between the next two stations. And so I like that they added this one in. Speaking of kind of some of the new features, though, of this mode, we should probably mention how the whole skydiving in from the supply ships are working this time around. And so essentially you're either going to respawn in to very start the game and you're going to start on the train or you're going to be on one of two supply ships. You then get to skydive in, jump in, have your great little animation go, plan it accordingly with your team because everybody always listens to each other and everybody's on mic and randoms are the best because right. Apex is the best. Uh, and that whole dropping in thing is kind of cool. And so then obviously if you die, you'll get respawned on the ship for the next round unless your team pulls out the dub and then you'll get respawned on the train itself. There's some interesting things kind of going on with the respawn on the train and overtime functions, uh, which I think we're going to learn more about in the next couple of days and maybe talk a little bit about on the next podcast because uh, that's a little, we're still a little confused by that one. But overall, the whole adding that from the supply ship being able to look at things. I've really liked that feature and this new train station uh, I think is really effective and takes what was already my favorite and the best mode to another level. It's really cool and it seems like it works and it Mm -hmm. looks really cool. Like, you know, when you're respawning, the camera angles shift to kind of show you where the supply ship is moving so that you're going to respawn from there. And it's better because you now have the choice to stay on the supply ship and Mm -hmm. look and make a decision and then when you do jump off, you do have control. You have, you know, your full skydive, but it's a lot shorter. So more action, more intel, overall very good. Definitely. The next feature that came in this mode was the addition of fast heals, which not was not expecting this one at all. And so everybody getting 50% faster heals, so lifelines old passive, uh, kind of blew my mind. Dive a little bit deeper into it for us, Henry. Yeah, so you have unlimited cells and unlimited syringes. Mm -hmm. And normally, cells take three seconds to put on. Syringes take five seconds to put on. So there's a discrepancy there. Mm -hmm. You know, shields are faster for the same amount of hit points, 25. Um, But now, with fast heals, it takes a second and a half to put on a cell and two and a half seconds to put on a syringe. So a lot faster. Yeah, they're... They're slow heels, they're mm-hmm. small heels, but they're a lot faster. So it's a really cool addition. I think really picks up the pace of play 
and encourages you to, you know, actually heal now mm-hmm. instead of kind of just send it onto the train when the clock's ticking. There adds a bit more strategy, I think, into the game, which wasn't totally there before. And I, I really like that. I like that there is now this, okay, I hit somebody. They could have popped two cells if I go push in on them because, you know, fast heals are really powerful. It's why they're not in regular BR anymore uh, and not removed from the backpack ability or removed from lifelines passive. And so having it back was kind of a little nostalgic, but it's also just it really makes you think. And so when you're playing this game mode, remember that people have fast heals and you cook somebody, they're going to be able to get at least a little bit of health on when otherwise they may not have. Totally. It's absolutely true. You're still going to be wanting to have med kits and batteries, but there is none. So only slow heals, but they're fast. Definitely. Next, let's talk a little bit about the legend select and how that works throughout the game. At the beginning of each match, you select the legend and their respective loadout. And then in between rounds, if you were killed, you can switch. You have a time period in which you can do that. Uh, And the only thing I think we'll say about switching is uh, the negative to it is you can lose that cooldown that you were building up with your ultimate for whatever legend you were. It's not going to carry over. It'll completely reset. And so, you know, if you were playing Revenant and your totem was at 80% and you said, well, now it's time for me to play Octane, uh, you're going to go down to 0% on that jump pad. So a little bit of strategy to think about there. It's probably smart to try and pick what character you're going to use throughout the game the first time around. Totally. Now let's get into actually capturing the train. So each round at each station is 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And in order to capture the train, so being on any of the three cars, you have to be there for 10 seconds uncontested. Mm -hmm. Interesting things happen. So you're on the train, you're capturing it. 10 seconds is counting down. The bar is filling up. If another team or another player from any of the other two teams steps onto any part of the train, it's going to pause the progress of your capture. And that's really important because that's key. (laughs) if they step off, you're just going to keep on growing up. Mm -hmm. And if you step off, then you're going to lose all that progress. So it's definitely kind of king of the hill Mm -hmm. style where Mm -hmm. if they come on, you want to push them back off. And if they come on, they want to push you off contesting only pauses it doesn't reset Mm -hmm. and so that's a really important metric there yeah sometimes you got to send it in and just stay and you're not going to be able to bounce right off it's not like oh i touched it and now i can i did my job Mm -hmm. you gotta stay and fight you gotta stay and hold your ground and that it's gonna be a challenge and sometimes you're gonna have to sacrifice your life for the team at times but it's all worth it for the win right It definitely is. And then after that 60 seconds, uh, if no one captures it Mm -hmm. and everybody's still alive and there's still three teams around, uh, you're going to go into overtime and that's 30 seconds. And then you have to go into the center car instead of any of the three cars in order to capture it for 10 seconds. Uh, And that's a lot different. There's no cover in the center car. Mm -hmm. Um, You have, you know, just one box. It's it's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's real chaos. So, You don't want to go into OT, um, but essentially if you do, that's how it's going to shake down. The maximum around can be then is that 60 plus 30, 90 seconds. So this is a fast paced Mm -hmm. mode and you're either capping or you're killing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely action packed. Good to know about kind of that contesting and the length. 
um, because there's not a lot of time to just sit back and snipe and hang out. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Let's talk now about how you win this game, the victory requirements. It's the first team to three points, either a train capture or the last team standing in the round. You either wipe everybody or you actually get that cap off. You get one point. Uh, it's really cool little scoring system up in the top right corner. You're going to have great track of who's doing good and who's struggling. Uh, you can have time expire with no point awarded. Uh, so matches can go on for a pretty long time if all teams are playing the objective or I guess if all teams are not playing the objective, it's possible. Nobody cap. Nobody cap ever. <laughs> Just get your damage up. Get those four Ks every all day. Yeah, all day in the in the mode. Uh, do you have any maybe advice on that OT real quick before we move on? Saying it is a tough. It's a lot of chaotic thinking going on. Do you have anything you try and do every time to kind of secure that dub? Well. It really depends on the legend. Mm -hmm. I think that the nades, using nades is kind of better in that first round. Mm -hmm. um, but in overtime, you kind of want to maybe save a lot of ultimates mm -hmm. for that time. Like I really think that Mirage's ultimate works better there in the open space. Uh, Gibraltar's ultimate in the open mm -hmm. space is better. And so kind of saving that for overtime if it happens, I think is good. Uh, but then I, I think it really depends on the legend that I'm playing because if it's defensive, you're going to move up those defenses. Um, but yeah, do you have any advice? Either like No, I thought that ground? was really good. I was going to talk a little bit about legends. I think playing that box and knowing that people are going to play the box is mm -hmm. kind of key. Uh, you know, I would say hop on top of it if someone is on the other side of it rather than trying to go left or right and then you guess wrong, get shot in the back. Um, but yeah, hopefully you're not in that situation very often. I think our craziest game maybe had like four overtimes in it at one point today. Yeah. That was kind of fun. So it definitely can happen and can get a little crazy. Yeah. And another thing, you know, if it is down to just you and another team, um, taking the roof of whichever car you're on mm -hmm. is pretty nice in order to have the high ground to see them if they're on the center car or not, be able to shoot at them or jump in for the cap. So that's good advice for clutch in the OT. Definitely. Before we get into talking about some of the loadouts and the rest of Winter Express, here is a word from our sponsors. The Good Games Podcast is brought to you by Henry and Shay. Hopefully you like those guys by now. From our success covering Apex Legends, we've sought out to create a new project talking about all the good games. But if you want to hear Henry and I cover games from Rogue Company to Assassin's Creed, check out the link in the description here about all the new good games. Titanfall episode coming soon. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about loadouts. And this is really, I think, the fun part of mm -hmm. this mode, just because it's so different from regular Apex. No looting, and you have these preset loadouts. It's super cool. Still blows my mind how different they are from last year's Winter Express. We're going to go into these and kind of give you a little bit of advice on each one, because your legend's probably going to see each of these loadouts at some point over the next month. Uh, and so maybe learning a little bit about how to play each one could be helpful, but they're all pretty dang good. And that's kind of a really big thing to know. Yeah. It's just looking back at last year's loadouts, they are much better. We're mm -hmm. talking more attachments mm -hmm. across the whole board. This year, you have purple armor instead of blue armor. It's not Evo, just so you know. Mm -hmm. um, and you're getting three grenades 
as opposed to two grenades. So it's chaos. Big changes, big differences in in terms of the loadouts in general. Uh, but now I think we're just going to take the opportunity to talk about all 15 loadouts, mm-hmm. our advice on how to kind of allocate attachments and just our thoughts uh, on the loadouts. Keep in mind, they're all supposedly supposed to be balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all different. And so even though there's discrepancies in like having a blue mag on one weapon versus mm-hmm. a purple mag on another one, they're supposed to shake down in the combination of the two. So. It's interesting. And then in partnership with the hard part is going to be over time figuring out, do you prefer a certain legend and play style in this mode and do certain loadouts on that day happen to be better with certain legends? And so that's going to be kind of an interesting thing. And maybe we'll try and post what, uh, whatever we're finding works best on like Twitter or something for the day and maybe give you guys our advice on that one. Let's start now with the first loadout though. Flatline. Great. Great gun to start here. Has a purple mag on it, a purple stock, stock, a one times Hcog. Then your secondary is going to be an RE45 with a blue mag and a one times hollow sight, and you're going to have thermite grenades for this loadout. It's great. This is a really, really solid loadout. Mm-hmm. You know, flatline is an incredible um, assault rifle. The fact that it has a purple mag here uh, is really good, uh, just because the flatline already has one of the largest mags mm-hmm. uh, of the AR. So. This is a really, really solid loadout, and the RE45 as a secondary uh, is really nice. Yeah, a lot of these are going to get funkier, but this is the probably the easiest to approach one uh, loadout right now and just is going to make the most sense from a straightforward perspective. Next one's the Hemlock with a blue mag, a purple barrel stabilizer, purple stock, and a two-times bruiser. And the second weapon is a Havoc with a purple mag and a one times HCOG. And then you're having frag grenades. I feel like this is, I don't if you guys haven't seen what last year's loadouts are, we'll post them on the socials so you can see them to compare because it is hilarious because there was not a loadout last year that had two weapons with purple attachments. That is a little crazy. Yeah. We've enjoyed this one. I think we're vibing with the hemlock in this mode. Uh, something we'd like to talk about is having those long lines of sights of the train that are pretty straightforward and kind of knowing where people are going to be. And so a gun like the hemlock can be incredibly effective in that kind of situation. And we've talked at length about how we're not huge fans of the Havoc, but its best use is in that close range, potentially in a hip fire perspective. And so that is probably its best function right now with that. And it has that purple mag. So you have a little bit of room for error, at least with it. Absolutely. They do work well together. Um, but I think the, the crown jewel of this loadout is the fact that you have the hemlock mm-hmm. it's got a purple barrel, which is really powerful. And then you have the two times bruiser, mm-hmm. which is a, a personal favorite. Definitely. Next we have the triple take slapping a four to eight on it, a purple mag, a purple stock coupled with a wingman that has a two times bruiser and a common mag arc stars as well. This is where we're starting to get a little funky with it because this is the, you look at this loadout and you're like, well, what gun am I using up close on people? It's a little tough. It's really tough. And this is also where we're going to start to kind of talking about, you know, rearranging your attachments. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of this game mode, it's not going to be super effective to use a sniper scope. And so I would recommend that you remove the sniper scope and maybe bring over that bruiser from the wingman to the triple take Mm -hmm. i think that's a really good piece of advice Uh, it definitely works well together and i'm definitely will say with this loadout if you're going to go in with that wingman in those close ranges 
know that you do have that triple take, which is a sniper mm-hmm. that has the versatility to switch and kind of be that hip fire shotgun if you need to finish somebody off when the wingman requires a lot of skill to do the same kind of damage at that range. Definitely. It's always hard when you have, you know, just two single fire weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always nice to have either a shotgun or a full auto uh, apart from that single fire weapon. Definitely. Next loadout, though, is the R99 with a blue barrel, blue mag, a one-times HCOG, and then the EVA-8 with a blue bolt and a one-time HCOG as well, and thermite grenades. I think this loadout is going to be really good once it gets onto some legends that have the aggressive playstyle and the ability to close the gap with that R9 and EVA. Incredibly close range. You're going to struggle, though, if you are having to drop in some of these lo- locations where you're playing far away, and if your team is not into playing inside the train you're going to be a bit of a disadvantage for sure i think this one kind of leans towards that r99 as that primary weapon mm-hmm. for some reason the eva 8 with the blue bolt just doesn't feel no quite there like it really does need the purple bolt in mm-hmm. order to really stack up and so you're going to be using that r99 uh as the primary not much you can do uh, to balance this out by yourself, but later on we're going to talk about kind of how you can overcharge uh, mm-hmm. some loadouts by mm-hmm. sharing with your teammates. One of our early favorites now, we got a devotion, and we got a tease of this on our interview, but it is spicy. Blue mag, turbocharger, two times bruiser. Couple it with a P2020 that has a purple mag and a one times hollow. Give yourself a frag grenade and you got a pretty dang good loadout that's going to shred the devotion is so, so good with that turbocharger, especially in this mode from a simple mag size perspective and how much bullets you're going to be able to put out and just the time to kill that we've always talked about and your ability to kind of pre-fire around the corners in the train, which is something you know where people are going to be. That's kind of a common thread in this mode. You know where people are going to be. So yeah. being able to really focus on pre-firing with the Devo turbo is going to really, really deal some serious damage you know like it or not this mode is just totally different Mm -hmm. you know in terms of yeah you got preset loadouts you got respawns you're you're capping objectives even how guns behave is much much different Mm -hmm. you know because it's so close quarters and you have those lines of sight and even though they changed uh you know the hip fire spread of the devotion um it's still doable Mm -hmm. you know and using it up close is uh really really good with that turbo Yeah, we've been running that a lot, and I think we'll continue to run this one over time. For sure. Next loadout is the Wingman with the Purple Mag, Skull Piercer, 1x HCOG, and then the P2020, Purple Mag, Hammer Point, and a 1x HCOG with Thermite Grenades. The Pistol Loadout. This one's hilarious. Seems kind of funny, a little bit spicy. Um, This is a fun one for sure. You know, you have a lot of power here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being able to hit somebody two hits with the Wingman and Mm -hmm. swap over the P2020. That's a really killer combo. Yeah. That's fast time to kill some of the highest in the game. So look out for that. Take some skill. Um, You know, if you like the wingman, this probably could be your go-to loadout. You have the high ADS, you have that strafe speed, uh, reload speed. Like you have a lot of things going for you by the numbers, but you need that skill to back it up. Definitely. This next one is just the third party loadout. G7. Purple barrel, purple mag, purple stock, two times bruiser, couple it with a spitfire, common barrel, common mag, common stock, and a one times hollow. You got frag grenades in there. G7, obviously we're big fans of over here at the third party. 
two times bruiser, our favorite site, and then you know everything else is purple. We haven't used this one a ton because today it was on a legend that we uh, haven't been using it a bunch in this mode. I think in the future though, you're gonna see this be one of the most popular loadouts in the game. The G7 is so good as we've always said, and we've been enjoying the Spitfire, especially in the Winter Express mode. Do you want to expand a little bit maybe on the Spitfire? I know you've been using it a lot. Well, yeah, this is a fully kitted G7 first mm-hmm. off, which is crazy. And the Spitfire is really good right now. You know, it's come a long mm-hmm. way um, in the last couple of seasons. Um, and in this mode, particularly, these LMGs are going to be really strong. You know, you have uh, two, it's pretty much, if you think about Apex, you're usually engaging 3v3. Mm-hmm. This game mode, you're going 3v6 all the time. Mm-hmm. So having big clip size is really to your advantage. And the Spitfire does that in this class offers you two really powerful weapons that you can have confidence in. Mm-hmm. You know, not all these weapons you really want to lean on that secondary. For this one, you absolutely do. Yeah, well said. Next one, the Havoc with the turbocharger, purple mag, blue stock, bruiser, and then the alternator <laughs> with the digi threat, purple barrel, purple mag, purple stock, and frag grenades. Insane loadout. Absolutely crazy. We've been getting into some arguments about the Havoc with some people uh, that are fans of it. So all I will say for you is if you are a fan of the Havoc, use this loadout every time on any legend because it doesn't get much better than this coming about a secondary you're going to swap to in the alternator. It really does. And this loadout, um, you know, alternator, really solid weapon. Mm -hmm. You know, I have nothing to really complain about with the alternator you know it's not the absolute best weapon but fully kitted i think that it stacks up Mm -hmm. uh, to others Uh, but this loadout we've been using to kind of pick apart a little bit it's got a lot of juicy stuff on Mm -hmm. it and it has a lot to give you know sharing even that digi threat in this Mm -hmm. mode there's so much gas going on the digi threat is a pretty valuable attachment purple barrel stabilizer purple energy mag you know might want to kick that to the devotion Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a really good loadout to to maybe vulture a little bit definitely it's a vulture loadout no doubt about it next we have the longbow four to ten times sight purple barrel purple mag purple stock skull piercer with a volt that has a blue mag coming with some arc stars same thing we kind of said about the snipers earlier not going to use that four to ten all the time uh unless you're a fan you know the four to ten i think is easier to use than the four to eight uh just because of the vision that you get in it and the highlighting but overall, maybe it's trying to vulture somebody else's sight could be really nice for the longbow if you're a big fan of that one. Uh, but yeah, this is another it's another loadout that's just pretty solid. And it, we're just surprised how good all these loadouts are in general. Yeah, I feel pretty confident with the irons of the longbow mm-hmm. and the rate of fire is really high mm-hmm. uh, for a sniper. And so using it as an AR is definitely an option with this loadout. And then something that I like to do is I take the purple barrel and slide that over to the volt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just makes the volt a laser beam. So I almost think that this is kind of the, the go-to volt loadout, even though it has the longbow. So if you're a fan of that, maybe this is a good choice. Definitely. Next loadout is the Mastiff with the blue bolt. And then the Sentinel with a four to eight times purple mag, common stock, and frag grenades. First glance, you may look at this loadout and say, I'm not going to use this one. Sentinel is not great for this mode in general. And the Mastiff is the Mastiff. And people have mixed feelings about it. I've died from the Mastiff more times today than I ever have at any point in my life. The ability to always be 
in close range situations in the train cars makes the Mastiff so incredibly good on a different level than it ever is in a full-on br where there's so much open space it's really good the mastiff is amazing if it was coupled with any other weapon i think we'd be really infuriated by the loadout uh what else do you have to say maybe yeah i mean this is the first time we've seen the mastiff in this mode Mm -hmm. you know last time last year the mastiff was in the care package and now it has that horizontal spread close quarters again it just does so good you know hit marker and multiple people um, in either of those cars is really, really good. And being able to hit all the pellets even uh, is just, you know, you're hitting for over a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. When you're hitting for over a hundred, you're going to win some games. I think that's the good thing to know. That's right. R301 is next up, has a common mag on it, a common barrel, one times HCOG, and then it is coupled with a Mozam that has a digital, a blue bolt, a hammer point, and then you got your thermite grenades. At first glance, you may be like, dang, I only got a con mag on the R3. One, Henry had a revelation on the R301 today. Uh, brand new, something he's never had before. And that was great <laughs> to hear. Two, we'll talk about it in a second. This is the loadout that can be upgraded to be one of the best potentially, if need be. And the Mozam with the hammer point is not that bad. And you can finish off some people with it. It's full auto. So if you really just need to spray one shot, you're probably going to hit it. And now that it has four instead of three, mm-hmm. that's it's very much doable. And the reason that I think a lot of people are going to feel the R301 feels really nice is you're looking at these perfect ranges mm-hmm. for the R301. You know, two car lengths is really it where it shines. Better. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute laser beam, you know, compared to the flatline, you know, flatline needs to be a little bit closer in order to really outperform. And so the R301 can just beam people, even with the common mag, um, one clip, you know, just because there's nowhere for people to go horizontal mm-hmm. if they're in the car. And if they decide to peek you, boom, couple headshots, it's a wrap. Definitely. Next loadout is the Volt loadout, common barrel, purple mag, blue stock, and then the charge rifle with the six time sniper and arc stars. It's really good. I, I, this has been, the Volt has taken me by surprise recently. I've been really enjoying it a lot. And so having that purple mag on it off the start. And honestly, I played with the charge rifle for maybe two or three games today. It went a lot better than I was expecting. Hammering the point home, the long straight lines of sights, and you know where people are going to be. You can deal some outrageous damage with the charge rifle. I think I had 2,300 in like a five round game using the charge rifle predominantly and the charge rifle does a great job at slowing enemies down Mm -hmm. so it's very good in this mode and again it's an isolated game mode it's Mm -hmm. not the same apex um and you know i said that the other loadout with the volt is kind of the volt loadout Mm -hmm. um this one does have a purple mag the Mm -hmm. other one has a blue mag Mm -hmm. um i think you want the barrel it's stabilizer. the barrel though, yeah. And that's why we said it. But this is standalone, a, a solid loadout. I mm-hmm. think you should definitely try the charge rifle, see how it works. Um, I've, as kind of a side note, I've been playing uh, a lot of Octane mm-hmm. in regular BR. And I've just been finding that the charge rifle, um, one, it has the best iron sights in the game. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. don't listen to anybody else. It really does. It comes with a oh, one-times one H-cock. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. But it also has amazing hip fire potential mm-hmm. because it has really big reticles just on the screen. And it 
it's a laser beam. So it pretty much doesn't have any bullet spread. And so it's a really fun weapon to use. And in this situation, really strong. Definitely. Next, we have the Hemlock, three times Ranger, blue mag, blue barrel, common stock, coupled with an R9, one times hollow, sight, a common mag, a common stock, and frags. You tell me we're getting a Hemlock and an R9 and one loadout? That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, two of probably the most uh, talked about weapons of season seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just as another side note, back to back, (laughs) um, I think it's hilarious to hear all of the social talk about the hemlock being Mm -hmm. so overpowered, Mm -hmm. so crazy. You know, it's ranked everywhere. I agree. But the hemlock was better in season six. Mm -hmm. And it actually got nerfed, kind of. That's why you, you know, got to listen to the third party pod. Exactly. But mm-hmm. it just is interesting that some people were late to the party on the hemlock and maybe that was because they didn't play as much season six. But anyways, <laughs> the hemlock being Shade. awesome is not new. Yes, definitely. This is a good loadout though. Let's wrap it up. We got two more. Next one's the G7. Has a one times HCOG, a little bit different. Blue mag, blue stock, double tap. And then you have a fully kitted EVA 8, purple bolt, double tap, arc mm-hmm. stars. If you are a fan of the EVA, this is going to be the one for you. Couple with the G7, that's completely solid. You're going to have a great time. But the purple bolt and the double tap makes this one of the better shotgun classes. And I know there's a couple EVA lovers out there. So you're going to really enjoy playing with this loadout. Last, we have the Spitfire, fully decked out, purple mag, purple barrel, purple stock, one to two times hollow sight, plus an L star that has a purple stock. A one times HCOG and a Thermite. This is your LMG loadout. Can't wait for the day this one's on Rampart. It's going to be hilarious. You used this one a little bit more than me. You got any other thoughts to throw in? I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane to have two LMGs. This is the LMG class. I think Daniel was getting kind of funny here. Mm-hmm. Um, but a fully kitted Spitfire is really, really strong in this game mode relatively zero recoil at all Mm -hmm. um and it just comes with so much ammo like you have 500 bullets um in the spitfire here and it's just crazy because ammo kind of is a problem if you're keeping the train you're capping Mm -hmm. it back to back and uh these two weapons put together you have a fully kitted spitfire and a fully kitted l star so it's got a lot of potential there and again long light to sight Mm -hmm. no recoil large mags the formula works out and you're going to have a positive equation this is a good one those are all the loadouts hopefully you learned something about maybe playing a couple of them here and there let's talk real quickly about the throwables though and they're very impactful in this uh winter express mode each loadout has three grenades and we've felt a serious impact from those three grenades getting nine thrown on you by an opposing team is a lot and that's gonna really shift how this game is played uh, talk a little bit to me about how do I counter that? Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough, you yeah. know, because there's two teams of three you're going against, you know, mm-hmm. that's potentially 18 not friendly grenades that you're going up against. And maybe you throw in your own grenades mm-hmm. as unfriendly. So <laughs> there's a lot of explosions. And the truth is there isn't a counter to it. Mm-hmm. This mode's definitely defined by throwables and grenades. Um, you know, You might want Watson uh, to be able to be that counter, uh, to be able to hold down grenades, but the fact of the matter is she can only get that pylon uh, every two rounds or so, Mm -hmm. and even when she does, it's hard to get a good placement. You know, if you're in the front car, it's really easy to destroy it, and if you're not destroying it, 
the pylon's not going to be very effective behind a wall. So really hard to counter grenades and that's going to be a major obstacle mm-hmm. um, throughout this whole mode and either leaning into it and being a fragger or not really playing in the train and mm-hmm. playing the perimeter, which is a lot different. And we, we'll talk about that as well. Something interesting to cover now is maybe the best loadouts and just a couple of them, because for playing solo, you're going to be most of the time choosing that loadout over the legend. There's a lot of power in having, you know, the right legends on your team for your play style. But when you're solo queuing, more so you're going to be relying on the loadouts. Do you have maybe a favorite one you're thinking so far for solo play? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you're really, really solo mm-hmm. and you have no confidence in your teammates at all, I think you're probably going to go with that LMG loadout because mm-hmm. you need the bullets in order to take on two other teams, essentially. Totally fair. That's what I think. Yeah, I would throw in the devotion loadout with that turbocharger as just being able to be so so effective in this game mode and so i would definitely check out that one as well as long as the legend can work with it and maybe give you some speed that'll be the best part about it yeah let's talk a little bit now about some weapon strategies and so some kind of like the loadout combos we like to do you know something henry and i enjoy so much in this game mode is swapping attachments to make loadouts as strong as possible uh, and trying to avoid having a huge impact on the person losing the attachments and so like one example we like to have for this is Devo loadout. It can be upgraded immensely. If you're playing with the other person that has the Havoc loadout that we spoke of, uh, that's got the really decked out Havoc, your per Havoc person can drop that purple extended and purple barrel stabilizer. And that leaves the Devotion user now with potentially one of the most powerful guns in the game. It doesn't get much better than a purple extended mag and a purple barrel on a turbocharged Devotion. It's Really something to consider. And really, if you're playing solo, we told you the loadouts that you might lean towards. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good loadouts. The fact of the matter is, this is a objective game mode. Mm-hmm. You want to be playing with teammates. Get into the Discord. Find some squad mates. Mm-hmm. It's way more fun together. And a part of that is, you know, trading these attachments. And with this example of the devotion loadout, and the Havoc loadout kind of fueling it to be mm-hmm. really overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of hard to give away a purple extended um, and receive a blue extended for the Havoc, but honestly, not really landing on the Havoc that much mm-hmm. anyway. And then to give away the purple barrel is kind of the harder part, but you're not going to rely on the alternator to do those longer range engagements anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's really okay. You still have the purple extended light on the alternator. So, Really, even though you're not really getting anything from this trade mm-hmm. as the Havoc person, you don't really need anything and can still be really, really strong. And if you want to win, the Devo is kind of the mm-hmm. thing to lean into. That's our favorite one so far. The other one that's worth mentioning is the R301 and R99 loadouts do not really come with great extended light mags in this mode. And so some of these other loadouts, so they'll have P2020s, alternators, REs as their secondaries that have purple mags. And so dropping the purple mag for an R31 or an R9 user who is using as their primary weapon to be upgraded is going to really improve the overall team. And I think kind of the main sentiment to look for in this whole weapon swapping and attachment swapping thing is, does dropping my own secondary increase somebody else's primary? Exactly right. In the end, the more people on your team that have the best version of their primary weapons as possible, 
the more likely you are to win and have success. There's a lot of thinking that goes into it. Pulling off the swap real quickly when you drop in is going to take some time to practice as well. Uh, but you can really uh, upgrade this game mode by doing some of those little things. It's absolutely true. And just another specific example with that R301 loadout and the Devo loadout mm-hmm. is the R301 loadout has the Mozambique with mm-hmm. the hammer point and the Devotion uh, has the B2020 mm-hmm. with no hammer point. And so a really nice trade is the Devotion loadout giving the P2020's purple light mag to the R301 loadout that only has a common one, makes that primary a lot better. And then instead giving the hammer point from the Mozambique to the P2020, because we think that it's pretty much better Mm -hmm. on the P2020. They both have definitely great camps, but that's kind of a really nice trade in between those two loadouts to make those primaries better and to have the hop up on the better weapon. Definitely. Let's talk about some of the legends now. We'll go through the best and the worst. And while the legends don't make an incredibly huge impact on this game mode outside of a couple that really can shift some things. Big facts. The loadouts are going to be really important, but knowing what legends can actually make a difference are important to note. It's going to come down to play style. Talk a little bit to me about that, though. Yeah, so it's tough. As we said a couple minutes ago about grenades, um, Mm -hmm. there is no counter to that. Watson can't do it. So you have to make a choice. Do you want to hunker down and try to hold the train, stay on it, even if you win, stay on it, like never leave, Mm -hmm. king of the hill? Or do you want to kind of play that perimeter, third party the heck out of the train, stay at a distance and not really be caught up in those nades, let them explode, Mm -hmm. let all that happen early and then come in, win OT, do whatever, maybe even keep your nades. Two different play styles and different legends are going to, you know, work a lot Mm -hmm. better in those different play styles. First legend, Rampart, who I am now convinced was made for Winter Express. I think it's easy to say. You know, (laughs) there was a lot of talk about just the weirdness of Rampart. Uh, But yeah, I think this is her best potential. And I think we called it on Mm -hmm. an earlier episode when we knew that Winter Express was returning and now Rampart is in the game. You know, just the size of the doorways, I just felt. It's going to be good. It's going to be good Mm -hmm. for Rampart. It's all about capping the train. She's going to be strong and she is. Yeah. Ability to put down amped cover inside of these cars is just unmatched in comparison to any other legends from a defensive perspective with still boosting your offensive capability in an extraordinary way. It's a it's an impressive kit for the situation. And then coupled out with the turret, being able to just look straight down these long lines of sights on the train and Rampart knowing the only option for the opposing team is to come into viewpoint. You're going to just shred some serious people. We've been playing with a Rampart probably 90% of the games we've played and Winter Express so far. It's hard not to, you know, from the amped cover. And if somebody comes around the corner, they run into your amped cover. One, you're lasering them for Mm -hmm. 20% more damage. And it's really hard for them to take that damage and jump over the wall at the same time. So that's good. And then this is the ideal situation for the Mm -hmm. turret. Mm -hmm. Straight lines of sight. You're not leaving. They can't leave. Defensive. Your team can cover your back. Crazy damage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing teamwork potential. This really is where Rampart's kit shines. And it's our opinion that you don't really have much of a choice. Mm -hmm. She's really the best at defending cars at this point. Um, And it's really nice to see the turret 
having a real good role. <laughs> Definitely. Next, we have Rev. Uh, we've been enjoying these silences, being able to block doorways and canceling opponents' abilities on that final push for center car has been really effective. Uh, but outside of that, that totem, the free push uh, in that limited area can be so effective. And coupled in with the fact that you don't have to worry about finishing knocked opponents in this game mode, which is kind of one of the negatives of the tur- of the totem, you're going to actually be able to fly in there kill somebody and get a quick reset with your fast heals it can really disrupt combat in a serious way it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's really really strong there is no reviving in this game mode and so this is the only ability that allows you to have a second chance it's really really strong and you know just having five seconds to Mm -hmm. fully heal back up is really really strong with the fast heals like you said Mm -hmm. next caustic the gas is so good right now with the damage mm-hmm. um, and the ability to use his traps and the gas grenade, both offensively and defensively, is, are very useful in this game mode when you're attacking and defending. You're doing both. Um, but it's also important to note that the gas is a double-edged sword. If you have four or five gas barrels mm-hmm. in one of the cars and somebody throws a grenade in there and now all the gas traps are going you can't see and neither <laughs> your teammates can your teammates. Can't see, so yeah. that's something that's tough. And so we're kind of, at least for our own play, leaning towards Rampart as being able to hold down those. Um, but Caustic has more of that uh, versatility mm-hmm. of doing the attacking as well as defending. Definitely. Well said. I don't even have anything to add to that one. And last but not least on our kind of top legends uh, is Bloodhound. Uh not really great at defending mm-hmm. uh, per se, um, but the scan is just incredibly useful in this mode, particularly um, when you have to avoid getting pinched in a car. It's really helpful to identify opportunities to either capture the train or pick off enemies, know if they're on the roof or if they're inside or behind. It's really, really useful. And even more so if you're bathing in the blue, like just more mm-hmm. scans, the better every 180 seconds really really strong the knowledge in the shorter and smaller arena that you're in in a way is going to allow you that scan to be so effective and you're just going to be able to make so many more uh knowledgeable plays with bloodhound that you wouldn't be able to with any other legend right now we got a couple worse legends now and really we'll rattle through these real quickly because we don't want to be too negative it just comes with kind of how the LTM functions without respawning and looting and stuff. And so these people take a little bit of a hit and it's too bad, but Lifeline doesn't have the passive. You got Loba. The ultimate doesn't really apply to this game mode. There's very little looting. You don't really need ammo often in this game mode. And then we also throw in crypto. There's just not enough time to go into the drone during this game mode. And so those legends are going to take a little bit of a hit comes with the game mode though it's still incredibly fun it's a little too bad but it is what it is i guess yeah and it's important to acknowledge that and say hey this is a team game it is a br all of these kits are designed to be in a br and some are going to be benefiting from a different game style and mm-hmm. some are going to be really hurt and so see rampart elevated a lot mm-hmm. and lifeline brought down a lot so it's interesting to see Let's wrap it up now with giving some little tips maybe on just some defensive and offensive strategies. So defensive is really going to come down to that legend choice, mm-hmm. but it's a nade game. Mm-hmm. It just is. Um, 
if you're not going to be playing that defensively and towards that team composition and you're going to be playing for the loadout, plan for that offensive third party, um, that's fine. You know, running Bloodhound, mm-hmm. Octane, Mirage I've really been enjoying, creating a lot of chaos, um, and Revenant are really good um, at doing that. And so I think there's really strong arguments for both. Um, just be in sync with your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to be in a situation where one person is holding down a car mm-hmm. and the other two are redeploying in order to get mm-hmm. out of the fight and come in after 60 seconds for the contest. That's great. This is a great mode. Winter Express is, doesn't get much better than this. Enjoy it while it is still here. Hopefully you learned a thing or two from us breaking it down. Anything else before we move on to the next segment? It is a wonderful mode. Enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the ranked grind is on pause right now. Definitely. Hey, Winter Express, that's the top of the priority list without a doubt. It's time to welcome to the club. New segment. We're excited about it. And we've done it once before now. Apex has introduced, obviously, the new feature of the season with clubs. And we've mentioned that we're not going to be making a third-party club because of that player cap. And despite this, though, we really want to take this opportunity to feature listeners' clubs to hopefully assist in making more people play together because that is what this is all about. And that's a huge part of what this podcast is about. Uh, so this club is Foxhound Ops. Fox is going to be your little gamer tag name. Shout out to the Metal Gear Solid fans. I don't know what that means, but hopefully some of you all do. A little description from our club owner. We're here to have fun and are looking for like-minded players. We play all game modes with a focus on ranked play. Mics are optional but preferred so we can help build team communication and community. So look us up and let's play some games in our Discord, PSN, player of the game. That is our owner right now that we have. All the information is going to be in the description of this episode. Hopefully you guys can check it out. Join the club. Welcome to the club. Get in the club, get in the Discord, play together, and especially a Winter Express. Mm-hmm. Get those dubs. Time to wrap it up now with some five-star review questions. First one's coming from Part-Time Genius is the best. I have been striving for 3k on Wraith, and I've been 69 and 12 damage away from it. I dropped 9 2k or higher games yesterday. I know I can do it, but I have not gotten it yet. Please give me any tips to get this stupid badge. (laughs) Okay. The first tip is one I think we've said a couple of times, so I'll reiterate it first. Use the guns that can give you some space to operate, the G7 and the Hemlock, or a triple take. Being able to deal out some damage before going into an actual close-range engagement is going to increase your overall damage for a fight. So, like, for example... Best case scenario, if everyone has purple armor on the other team and I wipe everybody, that's 600 damage. If for 20 seconds before that, I dealt 300 damage before with some long range weapon and I can still go in there, wipe them all, brought my total to 900 for the fight. Obviously, that's hyperbole, a pretty big example. But being able to engage at range and deal damage at range is going to increase your overall damage count. Don't be afraid to shoot if you're going for a high damage game. Totally. Carry a lot of ammo, you know, carry ammo over grenades Mm because you do want to keep that distance. Um, That's really good advice. You know, in terms of positioning, um, getting these badges in the 4K comes down to luck a lot of the times, Mm -hmm. but drop, get those weapons that you want. Maybe you have to drop hot in order to get up the stats, but essentially you want to rotate, get to the edge of a ring 
hold that while people are coming in and then rotate to the edge. You don't really want to go center ring and Mm -hmm. wait for people because you want to be in a fight, but you also want to survive. So kind of playing the edge, defending the edge, and then working in, knowing that your back is covered, uh, I think is a good way to go. Definitely. Last question coming from Spry Fox. A little bit of everything. Strategy, communication, patches, and more is covered in this Apex Legends podcast. To my guys, Henry and Shay, one word you've been mispronouncing is especially. You've been saying especially, but it's especially. Focus on the S. I apologize. We struggle. We are not college-educated kids or anything like that. (laughs) We're not. Sorry if anything that we say uh, bugs anyone. Mm -hmm. We try. We try. We have a good written-out document. Mm -hmm. Try to hold each other accountable, uh, but don't want to annoy anybody with the... our problems. We'll work on it. I'm going to especially put some focus into it. I hope I nailed it there. That would have been really embarrassing. That was excellent. No need for post-production awesome. on that one. Perfect. Here's the question, though. Is there a legend persona or ability that you wish were in the game? I would like a sound-based legend, super hearing, projects sounds, dampens the sounds in an area, etc. Sound would be interesting. I've never heard of that in any Mm -hmm. game. That's a very interesting idea. Yeah, sound's really important. Sound is crazy in this game. Mm -hmm. Footsteps, third party of guns uh, can be heard halfway across the map. I think that's an interesting idea that maybe we could have fleshed out in a legend concept, potentially. Uh, Some ideas that we've had um, throughout the the months of the podcast Mm -hmm. are We've had some legend concepts that revolve around executions, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a fun idea to get some benefit or faster executions or some sort of special thing there. Um, But also kind of a third partying legend. Mm -hmm. It's in the name of the show. We're into it. Um, And by that, we kind of have this idea of an ability that gives you a heat map Mm -hmm. of the mini map so you can tell how many squads are here help plan out your rotation and plan out those third parties so those are some ideas for some legend personas um you have any other that we've been cooking up i got one good spry fox all i want to be happy is a bow and arrow legend call it good after that that's it We've seen bows on mm-hmm. the ground in dev streams. Mm-hmm. It's it's there somewhere. Well, you don't quite know how it'll come in. Um, the future of Apex is uh, an interesting one. Definitely. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream. Check us out on Discord via the link in the description below. Thank you for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.